You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. All right, well, the title of my message today is called Alpha Church. So we are in a series called Culture Code and talking about the culture that we have at our church. And uh, I've, I've told the guys at Men's Prayer... Shameless plug, if you're not there at 5.30, you are missing a lot. You are missing a lot. It is epic. But there was a, a pivotal shift in our men's ministry that I can remember, and it was the year that our theme was Alpha Rising. And you could see that God did something in our men, and it's always stuck with me. It was a defining moment. And so one of the things about our church is that we believe what this says, that Jesus is coming home for a victorious church. He's not looking for a holy huddle, okay? I mean, for those of you who played sports, here's what huddles are supposed to be. Huddles are supposed to be you run over there and very quickly you establish what happened the last play, you tell everyone what they need to go do, and then you get out on the field and you kick some butt. That's what a huddle's for. But for some reason, we've adopted this, this holy huddle mentality where the church spends all its time in the huddle and never gets out on the field and kicks the enemy's tail, all right? And so we're not a holy huddle church. We get in a huddle. We have connect groups for that reason. You know, we get in the huddle and, you know, one of, some, one of the couples in our church is like, hey, uh, you're, why are you limping? Oh, man, I got, you know, we're hurting right now. We're hurting in this area. Cool, let me pray for you. Let me get you healed up. Let me help you walk through that. Let me get you healthy so we can go dominate. So we do huddle, but we huddle to go win the game, okay? If we stay in the huddle, we might feel good, but it's boring. It's boring. So we're not a holy huddle, and we're an alpha church. We are a victorious church. We're gonna believe that everything in this thing is for us, because Jesus said, you'll do greater works than me. And, and that verse, I mean, don't, don't get mad at me. If that offends you, talk to Jesus. He wrote it, okay? That's on him, not me. But I know that that verse, when I was struggling with my religious spirit, I'd be like, oh, I can't believe it. Why would, you can't say that, even though it's wrote right there. We believe in what the Bible says, the whole counsel of the Bible. I still believe that all the wisdom in Proverbs is completely relevant today, okay? That what God laid out wisdom for us, it still works today. This thing does not need a facelift. This thing does not need a reprint. This thing doesn't need, you know, uh, regenderfication in it. It doesn't need any of that. It works the way God wrote it because it's the word of God. And that's why we believe we're an alpha church because the Bible says in Isaiah that God watches over his word watches over his word to fulfill it. So when we, when we speak out the word of God, Malachi over our finances, that if we're tithers, well, the windows of heaven will be on us. When we speak out the word of God, we're putting out there, we're putting out there, God, here's your word. And it's the same power in Jesus's mouth as my mouth, says the Bible, that when I speak his word and come into agreement with his word, then God begins to watch over and make sure that that comes to fruition, all right? And so we're an alpha church, and I'm just gonna go through a few points of what that looks like, and then we're gonna, you know, get out of here and get ready for Taco, Taco Wednesday next week, so. 
Okay, and just reminder on that, no Wednesday service this night. All the dudes are on their way to emerge, okay? But May, it's the first and third. I just want to get that right because it was a little confusing. We had five Wednesdays in April and it messed everything up. Okay, alphas, the alpha church, we choose freedom over comfort. Galatians 5.1 says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Listen, freedom is messy. That's why religious people like to start a holy huddle where there's a little less freedom because then you don't have to deal with the mess. Then you don't have to deal with the mess. If you say, you know, I'll use this as an example, and I think that everyone has to walk this out with the Lord on their own, but let's use having wine. It's a lot less messy if you just make a blanket statement, no wine for anyone. Okay, that's on the, <laughs> amen, Lonnie, amen. But, but, but it might be messier or less messy on the outside. Truth is people are hiding. People are running. Isolations where unhealthy things grow. Okay, and then, uh, and then you have these problems like where you're reading the Bible and it's like, Jesus made wine, what do we do with that? Anyways, I'm not gonna get into theological debate. It wasn't grape juice, but it doesn't matter, okay? The point is this, is that we are freedom church. That does not mean we take liberty and abuse the freedom. But here at this church, if at a merge, a brother slips up and has one too many, what he's gonna get is we're going to recognize, whoa, I am my brother's keeper. We're gonna huddle around that man. We're gonna sit down with him. We're gonna go, hey man, we want you to be free. That doesn't look like freedom. That looks like a trap. That looks like bondage. That looks like something that's holding you back and you don't have control over. Or let's use money, for example. Why, why do they talk about money every single Sunday? Why do they get somebody up there and do a little sermon every single Sunday? Because money is where the heart's at, man. Because God's not sitting up in heaven going, oh man, I really hope that message is good because I need him to give because we're running low down here. That God, he don't need your money, but he wants your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Jesus preached on the topic of money more than any other topic. We, we, we want freedom for people, right? So if you can't give, here's the truth. Greedy people can't give and giving people can't greed. That's the honest truth. So we don't want you to be a slave to your greed if it's creeping in. So we're gonna challenge you. Be generous like the Bible says. All right, I could go on and on, but we are a freedom church. And here's why. Proverbs 14, 4 says this. Where there's no oxen, the trough is clean. But, the clean but, but much increase comes from the strength of an ox. The point of this is this. If you want everything cookie cutter clean, polished, fake, Sunday best, not real, not honest, not genuine, this probably ain't gonna be the good church for you, okay? Because we're, we're, we are wanting and believing and going to fight for you to have your best and the freedom, but we understand that freedom is messy and we love people where they're at. We just love them too much to leave them there, all right? So we're an alpha church. We're not afraid to be free. And then we just clean it up as we go, all right? Number two, Alphas are thermostats, not thermometers. We're a church of thermostats. We decide what the atmosphere is gonna be. 
okay? There's nothing worse than that person who's like a professional uh, thermometer, you know? And they just can always tell you what, what's bad, what's going on. Oh my gosh, did you hear so-and-so? And da, 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 da. You know, the professional critic, the person who's like, I just want you to know, I have been here for a couple hours and I have found everything that's wrong. And I thought, how great would it be if I just shared that with you? Completely unsolicited. You, I know you didn't ask, but I just, I know. There's no way anyone could see as many problems as me. Just gonna say, that person, stop it, okay? <laughs> That's all I got for you, just in the name of Jesus, stop it, okay? Anyone can feel what's in a room, but to remember that we carry, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, okay? And that we actually have the power and the ability to walk in an atmosphere and shift the atmosphere, okay? I think I had a fun story for that. Oh, okay, I got a fun story for that. So I remember... Uh, Back when I was the young adult pastor at our church, we did these things called big night outs. And we were pushing to do a big one. Yes, yeah, my OGs in the room. Um, we were pushing to do a big one at San Diego State University. And I'm telling you, I have never had so much opposition in my life. This thing was for like the three days leading up to it and the day of getting canceled and uncanceled every five minutes. It was absurd. And I had this one guy who's basically held the keys to the kingdom that I've, I've already paid lots of money. We've had, we, we had like 600 people walk through this thing, 350 stay for like the worship and salvation message, total outreach. I mean, we had food, we, we were going all out. And this guy is out there basically 30 minutes before coming out and saying, uh, make it up, I can't even remember, some bogus thing. He's like, uh, did you get a permit for this type of folding chair? No. <laughs> oh, well, uh, those aren't certified. You can't have chairs. I'm like, what? So I'm literally, I'm literally feeling this pressure. I've got a whole team of people all looking at me like, what are we going to do, Pastor? And I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm going to go pray. I'm actually in the bathroom about to throw up. Okay, I'm so nervous because I stay, I, and this is the honest truth. I am in there and I'm feeling so nauseous I'm about to throw up. And I'm feeling all this pressure. And then all I can explain is that I heard God whisper, you are not a victim. You are not a victim. And who do you think is gonna be allowed to push me around? Not me, me, but him, me, right? Who's gonna push me around? Who's being, and I'll tell you what, took one deep breath, walked out there, and it was like the Holy Spirit just changed where he was trying to put pressure and push me down. Walked out there, perfect boldness, perfect calmness, Holy Spirit on me. And I just told him, I said, hey, did you know that religion is a protected class? This came to me in the moment. He said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you cancel my event, I'm going to take it from that email you sent me last week. Because it's pretty clear, I showed him the email, it says, it's pretty clear that you're doing it because we're Christians. That's a protected class. It's the same as shutting us down because we're a different race. Same as shutting us down because of our orientation. Man, you should have saw this guy's tail get between his legs. He was up in the office. He was gone. People got saved. Power got fell. That's the difference is that I was tempted to be changed by the atmosphere, the atmosphere of unbelief, the atmosphere of pressure, but I got with the Holy Spirit and he reminded me, hold on, you're gonna set the temperature of that meeting. 
You're gonna let him know what we're doing here. Okay, we are not thermometer Christians. We are thermostats. Okay, next one. Where is it? (laughs) Awesome, we can get the keys up too. I'm probably gonna land the plane here. Sorry, babe, I know you don't like it when I say that. (laughs) Faithful are the wounds of a wife. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Bus driving, my bad, I love you. We never get in fights on Sunday morning on the way to church, ever. (laughs) Never, I don't know why you guys do, we never do. No, my wife's so beautiful. I love you, baby. She's just, she is, all, she is my helper. Because if you guys saw what I usually pick for my first outfit on Sunday morning, <laughs> you would understand God is good that he gave me her. Alphas take territory. This one I'm really passionate about. you read through your Old Testament and you see that God has set apart a group of people trying to isolate and set them apart for a season to prepare a context and a landing strip for his ultimate plan of salvation and restoration for the world. So all the mentalities that he was trying to ingrain in his people here through Christ say they come to Fluition. That's where we can actually step into the true, the true meaning of it. And so as God takes a group of slaves, first generation has to weed out the victim mindset. Then he gives them, you know, an alpha like Caleb and an alpha like Joshua. And, and then he begins to teach them that with him, there's nothing they can't conquer. And they begin to take the promised land. They begin to take land. And it was at the end of Joshua's life that they've now fulfilled the prophecies of Abraham, that this land belongs to the 12 tribes and that they, they, they've literally conquered almost all the enemies in the land. And they've took their territory and Joseph begins to, as his last, uh, last cry to him says, do not, do not forget what God has done here and begin to let idols come into your world. Do not allow the idols of your, and and he even says, of your fathers and mothers creep in because you were meant to take and keep this territory. When I think of the word alpha, I think of a male lion, um, just because it's kind of where I first heard the term. Then I think of myself, but first the line. <laughs> so one thing you, if you learn about lions is that I used to think that they were so aggressive with other male lions just because, you know, the ladies, right? Men do a lot of stupid things because of ladies. That's just, it's nature. But it's actually more than that. See, I, as I was researching, lions fight uh, the male lion, because they kind of get this stereotype of like all they do is breed and then they're real lazy and the lionesses do all the hunting and stuff. But no, they have another job and that is that they regularly will go and scout the territory and mark the territory and that territory is where only his lions can hunt. No other lions cross that bridge unless they want to deal with the alpha male. 
The other thing about a male lion is that they are incredibly hostile to foreign DNA being in their pride. It's, it's sad, but if a male lion, a new male lion takes over a tribe, the first thing he'll do is he'll eliminate all the offspring from the previous lion. And I'm not saying that has anything to do with how we act as Christians, but what my point is, is that as an alpha Christian, knowing that you're the head, not the tail, the existence of anything not of God in your life should be met with that same veracity. This is not of Christ. This is not the DNA of Christ. If you're struggling with an addiction, I know what that's like. I've been there and I wanna tell you that that rage that God has put in you against it, he wants to break that off of you because it's not of him. You were not meant to be a slave. If you're struggling with a secret sin, if you're struggling with fear, anxiety, depression, understand these are not in Jesus's DNA. And as many times as it takes, although I believe even today we'll see some miracles, but you aggressively make sure you get to that prayer meeting, you get to the altar, you press in in your quiet times, you seek the Lord and in with all our strength, we want there not to be an incongruency between who God made us and where we're at. Now listen, we have grace, I get it. I'm not perfected yet, but as an alpha, I also don't tolerate that. And I never bend a knee to my world not being congruent with my king and my master and who I was made to be. Alphas take territory in their own life and they also take territory in the physical. One of my favorite stories, I'm going to end with this, is 2 Samuel 23, 11. We're talking about David's mighty men. David's mighty men. It says, And after him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Herorite. And the Philistines had gathered together in troops where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Not full of beautiful corn, not full of, you know, epic wheat lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought, a ground of, brought about a great victory. This dude over a field of lentils took on an entire platoon and an army. And it, I'll tell you this, if you ever had lentil soup, it wasn't about the lentils even the best of lentils, that is not worth it. <laughs> it was about that land didn't belong to them. It was about the principle. Uh, <laughs> back in November, me and my wife went to an Airbnb for a little staycation in San Diego, about 45 minutes south of us. And uh, <clears throat> we had a great time, epic pool in the back, hot tub, all that. And so a couple weeks later, we are at our house and it was late on a Saturday. We had church the next day. She goes, hey, let's just Instacart. I love Instacart, by the way. Uh, Instacart groceries. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So we Instacart groceries and we're waiting two hours, three hours. It's getting kind of late. It's about 930. Finally, I'm like, babe, where's the groceries at? She's like, oh, let me check. And all I hear her say from the other room is, oh, crap. <laughs> Hope that's okay. Take it off the podcast if it's not what happened. <laughs> and I go, 
I, I walk in, I'm like, what? She's like, remember the Airbnb we stayed at a few weeks ago? Remember when I ordered groceries there? I didn't change the address. <laughs> I'm not driving the bus, baby. I love you. <laughs> I've done the same thing. We, we've all done it. So, you know, I, I'm like, we ordered the groceries because I'm tired. All right. You know, they're probably sitting in front of the house, 45-minute drive. It's like sprouts. It's like $300 for two things or something. And so, so I'm like, I got to go get them. So I get in the car and I drive down to the house and I get to the front door and the groceries aren't there. I'm like, no way. Did they take my groceries? And sure enough, well, first I knocked, no answer. Knocked again, no answer. Ring the doorbell, no answer. I see cars in the driveway. So I peek through the kitchen window and I see empty Sprouts bags on their table. They not only took my stuff in their house, they put it in the fridge. These Airbnb people, what are they thinking? They probably thought it was like a gift from the host, but that's not my fault. So, kind of is. Anyways, <laughs> so I call her and I'm like, babe, uh, I can't, I see the groceries, they're in there, um, but no one's answering. And, and it's just like the same thing. It wasn't about the groceries. It's that those were my groceries <laughs> that my wife tirelessly clicked on a phone and ordered for us. And the principle that my groceries were in someone else's fridge, I just couldn't live with that. So I try knocking, bang one more time. I call my wife and say, hey, if you don't hear from me in like five minutes, call the police. <laughs> I'm breaking in. <laughs> and she's like, you're, you're crazy. Don't do it. I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. She's like, why don't you call the police and have them break in with you? I'm like, no, we don't have time, okay? <laughs> I don't have a plan. I'm just doing this. So I think I'm going to break in. Then I realize, huh, I wonder if they changed the code that was for the door three weeks ago. So I beep, 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 the door unlocks. I'm like, oh, this is a much easier way to break in. And so I open the door. I begin to yell, hello, hello. I can hear a TV upstairs. No one's answering. I look around. There's beer cans everywhere. They're probably passed out. So I'm like, all right, this is the moment. I, I break into the house, open the fridge, have my bags. Just so you know, plastic bags, by the way, are so loud when you're sneaking in someone's house. They're like, Ugh. and I realize I don't know what my wife ordered and I don't want to steal. So I stand there and I grab my phone. Baby, baby, I'm in the house. What did you get? So she starts reading the list. I'm trying to hold the phone, hold the bag and just scoot things in, being so loud, get all the groceries, sneak out, get in my car, start to drive off. And then I realize I'm talking to Lorraine. I'm like, I did it. I got our property back. And then I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't lock the door. I don't want him to get robbed. <laughs> so I went back and I locked the door for him and I left and I took my property. What's the point of this story? It's not about the lentils. It's not about the lentils. It's about the fact that God, what God has given you, we fiercely as alphas protect and we will not tolerate the enemy taking anything from us. We cannot, as an alpha church, we have to have a zero tolerance level for the enemy holding us back, taking what's ours, and next level, if you see the enemy have something that shouldn't belong to you or him, but it belongs to God, you go ahead and get in there and take it for God too because you're his son. You see someone broken, hurting, depressed. You see someone sick, tired, lonely. 
you go in there and you say, that's not your territory, devil. This is my city. These are my people. This is my church. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So real quick, as we get ready to wrap it up and we finish this huddle and we go out and dominate the week. If you're in this house and you, and you just know, man, I need, I need to recalibrate. There is a huge lack of congruency in, in where my life is at and what Jesus has called me to be. Or you don't know Jesus, but you're hearing this and you're going, wait a second, this is, this is true. That's not, that's, that's not me. That's the word of God and the Holy Spirit working on you. And so we never want to end a Sunday without giving you a chance to step into your alpha church because the church is us. The church is the people in this room. You can step into and start that journey because Jesus made it possible. Look, I've, tr we've, I've tried it. I've tried it on my own. I've tried to break addiction on my own. I've tried to be happy without Jesus. I've tried to do enough good to make up for the horrible things I had done. I have tried to fix it on my own, but that's not being an alpha. Not to be mean, that's just being stupid. Because us on our own, us on our own, we don't, we're no match for the powers of hell and the bait of Satan. But us in Jesus, restored, put back in our rightful place as children of God, we get his power and his grace to live a new life. And so if you want to step into a new life, and that would either be you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you did once, but you just know that you have lost your way and it's time to come back to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to include you in a prayer that we're all going to pray together. So everyone's head down, eyes closed. If you need to come back to Jesus or ask Jesus in your heart, would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Don't be afraid. Jesus loves you and you're in a room of people that have done this. So there's literally nothing to worry about. Is there anyone else? Just say, Jesus, I'm coming home. I want your power in my life. Okay, awesome. Church, let's all pray this together. I'm so proud of these people that raised their hand over here. Just know that this is the beginning of a journey. And after this, our team is gonna come to you. They've got a Bible and uh, a book they wanna share with you and just get a little more information because we wanna partner with you. So if you raise your hand and everyone else's room, we're gonna pray this out loud together. Dear Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and to come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask for your forgiveness I repent of my old ways. I make you Lord of my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.